One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Screen time! Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming. From Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch. You listen. Find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night what to avoid altogether, and what you want to watch alone voluntarily. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two kids. Jay, he's four, and Kenny, he's one. And I have three kids. Uh, Tony is 10, and Libby and Nate are seven. And they are so adorable, are they not? They are. They continue to be adorable, even when we're trapped inside with them day after day, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. We both like to tell a quick story about how awesome or occasionally awful our kids are, because in addition to being witty and incisive pop culture consumers, we're 24 hours a day moms too now. And I have a quick one. Libby and I were on a little bike ride together and she wanted to talk. And in order to figure out our topic of conversation, she proposed that we both come up with six possible topics. And then we would see if any overlapped, like a de- Venn diagram of Aww. things to talk about. <laughs> That's so cute. It, it was really cute. Did any overlap? Um, we ended up talking about the animals. But then we had to come up with six animals oh, <laughs> <Libby>. <laughs> to find out which animals we had in common that we wanted to talk about. So we had a conversation about mice <laughs> after spending like 20 minutes <laughs> figuring out what we were going to talk about. How about Jay and Kenny? <laughs> Um, so I've come perilously close to giving up on homeschooling at this point, although I tell myself that it's technically their spring break week, so we're okay, but this morning I just wanted to get stuff done, like puttering around, cleaning up, because when you're home all the time, you know, like the messes just pile up, and before you know it, you're just living in squalor, so... I wanted to get some cleaning done, so I turned on the Roomba, and the kids seriously just chased the Roomba for better than an hour. Nice. (laughs) It was pretty great. That's a long time. You should do that every day. Yeah, I kind of want to, and think how clean my floors will be. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Do you want to move on to screen time in the news? Sure, let's do it. You found a great article by Nellie Bowles published in the New York Times titled Coronavirus Ended the Screen Time Debate, Screens Won. We're recording this in April, (laughs) and she published this on March 31st, which already seems like a really long time ago. Mm -hmm. But it's basically about pre-COVID-19 lockdown Remember when we were trying to limit screen time and we were supposed to be going out and doing things and experiencing life? No, Deborah. I remember when you were trying to limit screen time. (laughs) So a long time ago, I was trying to limit screen time. (laughs) So was Nellie Bowles. She did uh, digital detoxes on the regular. 
but she's embraced the screen and the article is all about how we live in our screens now. This is it. If you want to have contact with another person outside your family that you live in a house with or outside of yourself, if you live in an apartment by yourself, you have to pretty much be on a screen. There were so many good lines in here. She wrote, I want to be covered in screens, which is pretty apt right now. Um, there was a sentence about disaster capitalism I really like. She talked about some kids double devicing, mm-hmm. which was really funny. What did you think of the article? Well, okay. So she talks a lot about how we're using screens for what we always said we were supposed to use them for now, which is actually connecting with other people and how that's a good thing. And we were overlooking this good aspect of screens before when we were so obsessed with regulating the amount of time we were spending Mm -hmm. she gives a glancing mention to the fact that parents are abandoning screen time rules for television just because we're trying to get things done in the house so we're letting our kids watch umpteen pbs shows and not really minding about that but the focus of the article was definitely more on how we're using screens to reach out just because that's all we have at this point I almost mm-hmm. wish she'd given a little bit more attention to the other side, uh, the just loosening up of screen time rules in general. Yeah, that parents are doing. Right. Yeah. Um. This was an article for, like, everybody. Yeah. And we want to read just about people like us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to read an article. We should just write one about what everybody's doing to cope and how, like, what their screen time rules were before and what they are now. Are you still having success in limiting screen time during the school week? We are. I am fascinated by this, Deborah. You are, like, to me right now, you're, like, Ma Inglesing it. I let my kids play uh, what they think is an educational game, and I don't know, called Codable, Mm because their schools gave them access to it. So they play that for like half an hour at the end of the day at a specific time, so they don't rush through their work to get it. But I don't know. They're just so awful if they have more than like an hour of video game time that to me, it's more worth it to limit it during the week than it is to give in, because then they're just tough to deal with. Oh my gosh, Kevin has been playing this pirate game with Jay and I don't participate and it's supposedly a way to like take Jay off my hands so I only have one kid to worry about. Mm -hmm. But Jay, bless, has a tremendous imagination. So like every second he's not playing this pirate game with his dad, he's pretending that he's playing it. So every single thing out of his mouth is, oh, my ship is doing this. I have a harpoon on the rocks and the mast is damaged and blah, blah. (laughs) Every single thing. It is driving me batty. (laughs) Oh, my kids play like they'll play Minecraft or they'll play Clash of Clans. And I just can't even be in the room with it. (laughs) (laughs) Do they try and talk to you about it afterwards? Yes. I have no interest. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. And what happened on Yoshi's Crafted World. (laughs) And I want to encourage the conversation and encourage, like, him playing active imaginative games no matter what they're about. But, yeah, I I really struggle with that one. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, guys, we're sticking with the educational content or trying to. I know if you have kids that you have been sent by your kids' teachers a million links to a million different virtual tours. I know that you've also been sent a ton of these from your well-meaning friend, your neighbor. Virtual tours are being thrown around the parent-centric internet all over the place. So we thought we'd dip our toe in those waters. This is a huge, huge topic. So we just kind of pick something at random. But it really does seem like you name the institution, they have a virtual tour now. Museums, zoos, everybody is all about the zoos. Landmarks. Guys, my gym has a virtual tour now. That's hilarious. <laughs> I hope that you post a link on Facebook. Well, it's obvious we can't go anywhere. We're totally desperate for outings. Like Deborah said from that article, we want to be covered in screens. So we're reaching for these faux outings. We toured the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City via their interactive map available at metkids.org. That's M-E-T-K-I-D-S dot org. And then we each chose one additional place to tour. Again, I should emphasize this is in no way comprehensive. We're just kind of checking things out to see what we like, what we don't like, if this is a tool that might be useful to us and to all of you during this crazy, crazy time. Yeah, to backtrack one bullet point, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this Met Kids site is because I just read from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler to my kids because I loved that book when I was a kid Mm -hmm. I loved it so much and so that's how I ended up on the Mets website oh my gosh tell me you used that as a rubric for like how to go through the museum you were like now where would you live like what part of the museum would you stay in tell me you did that um not yet but that was like what I that was totally what I was looking for yay (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, Deborah, take us through the Met. Met Kids lets you roam a cartoon map of a museum, click on dots, and then learn about specific artworks and places in the museum. There's text, there's sometimes audio, there's sometimes video, there's inspiration for creating your own work of art inspired by some of a museum's works of art. And that's that's it. Awesome. Um, I guess I would also say that it's not just works of art. It's like you can see where the gift shop is and -hmm. see where there's like a balcony and a fountain where if you lived at the museum, like Jamie and Claudia, you would fish the spare change out so you could buy your tuna sandwich. Mm -hmm. And wash your clothes at the laundromat until they turn gray. (laughs) so I don't think it's not like the you can't like go through the whole museum um the Metropolitan Museum of Art does have enough they have like a virtual reality experience where it's more like a 360 degree photograph Mm -hmm. where you can use arrows to toggle around oh yeah so I this Met Kids app I don't think I mean you can't see like every piece of art right but I think you, I don't know how far that 360 degree map goes, but that seems pretty comprehensive. Wow. Yeah. I just stuck with the the map, 
the two-dimensional map with the dots on it, I didn't even delve into the 3D picture map, but that is probably more accurate to the concept of a virtual tour, huh? Um, yeah, and they're totally separate things. So I just, I kind of found the 360-degree photographs by accident. That's about all I have to say. Do you want to move on to what we both each looked at separately? So I toured the International Space Station through NASA's website. They have a bunch of online experiences, but I chose the ISS because it was the only one that was actually in space. And Jay is very into space right now. Um, essentially, it was just a series of four pre-recorded videos narrated by uh, Sonny Williams from the International Space Station, recorded all the way back in 2012. They also had a VR tour, but we don't have VR goggles, so I, we were not able to watch it. Um it was pretty dull, guys. I mean, it takes a lot to be an astronaut, right? That's like mm -hmm. the pinnacle of your career. You have to do so much before you're even qualified to enter, enter the astronaut training program. So I am in no way disparaging the skills of the astronauts we have. And one part of me wants to say you don't have to be a videographer or like a PR presence if you're good at all these other things, but I kind of feel like today you do. <laughs> and the quality of the video is just not, it seems very just ho-hum walking around. Like there's no real structure to what's being presented. There were definitely some cool moments. Like she brushed her teeth and you could see like how they put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and how the water actually sticks to the toothbrush. And she was doing that thing where she let the water droplet like float around and then she caught it with her mouth. Oh, um, I could watch that all day. Yeah, she showed you the toilet and was pretty <laughs> darn explicit about how it works. So <laughs> that answered some important questions. I'm sure I've just been trained by Hollywood to think about space travel in a certain way. So when you're confronted with the gritty, kind of depressingly utilitarian image of it, that in mm -hmm. itself was startling. But I can't say that it was a spectacular production in any sense. Mm -hmm. That was not a one-sentence summary. I just went all the way in. Sorry about that. Where did you go on your own, Deborah? <laughs> That's okay. I went to the National Aquarium mm -hmm. in Baltimore, and I started this project like being really excited because the MetKids site is really awesome, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And I was really underwhelmed by the National Museums. I'm going to put quotation marks around tour because it was like a live web webcam of jellyfish mm -hmm. which is cool and a live webcam of sharks which is also cool and then you just click on a photo and then you kind of spin around and it's a still image of fish <laughs> in the tank and then you can click on an arrow and go to like a different section which is another still image of fish in a tank does it give you like information about those specific fish? No, not really. Ooh. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. I think there is more information on the website, but it's not this all embedded in the tour. Mm -hmm. Like the Met Kids one is so well done. Mm -hmm. 
because you just click on something and get all kinds of information. But I think the aquarium tour is maybe more for like, you know, you're going to go and it's just a teaser for actually going to the aquarium. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Well, they didn't know that we'd be (laughs) confined to our homes in the time of Corona. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's very kind of you. They have to decide where to put their budget dollars to. And in this case, they didn't put it into a flashy virtual tour. Yeah. So ratings are going to be really hard because I really like Schmack Kids. And I have a feeling that most virtual tours are going to be a little bit, they're not... They're not going to, like, kill an hour of your day. Like, right. You or multiple to. hours. Oh, my gosh. I feel like you could spend days on that Met Kids website, as you probably could spend days just wandering through the Met. Yeah, totally. So your thoughts on the concept of online virtual tours. Can visiting a space online really be compared to visiting in real life? I mean, if you had asked me a couple months ago, (laughs) I would have said no. I feel like our standards are very different now. Mm -hmm. And desperation has bred concessions in what we're willing to accept. It does not scratch the same itch as visiting in real life. Although I will tell you an embarrassing story about myself that makes visiting the Met digitally better than visiting it in real life. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay, so I love museums. I love their mission. I am totally down for the preservation of historical artifacts. That's my jam. Mm -hmm. But they scare me sometimes. Like, if I'm confronted particularly by, like, a life-sized recreation of something... I definitely at least want to have someone there in the room with me. Or else I'll just... I'll just be a little afraid a mummy's going to jump out at me or something. Oh, it's okay. not rational. Or like if it's a historical, <laughs> if it's a historical like setting where everyone's in their like old timey clothes or something, I'll just be a little bit afraid that they're going to start moving. Okay. Um, like night at the museum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that movie spoke to a very specific fear in my heart. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So the Met has this Egyptian temple called the Temple of Dendur. And I have been there in real life. And it was very cool, but like also got my heart racing a little bit. Like, wow. Because I was there by myself. So the idea that I could go visit it online and not have to actually be there was kind of awesome. That's really funny. Uh, But I think in general, no, obviously, visiting it on the computer cannot be compared to real life. Although I'm really curious to know, do they really expect everyone to have a set of VR goggles? Is that just where we are now? Or was that like a momentary blip? I only know one person in my real life who is into VR Mm -hmm. and like plays VR games. So I don't think that's an expectation okay okay because I definitely felt that on these tours that there were always VR options and I'm like are there really that many people hanging out with access to VR I don't know but maybe the kinds of people who make this stuff are the kinds of people who have VR goggles were you working in libraries at the time that everyone was like oh we have to have a second life presence 
Oh. <laughs> I wonder if VR is kind of like that. Or it's not as bad as Google Glass, right? Remember Google Glass? Yeah, but like VR, I only think about, you know, walking past the window store in the mall. We used to have malls, guys. Um, <laughs> and you would see like someone wearing the headset, like obviously playing a video game, like pretending to slash something with a sword or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely what I associate those goggles with. And I guess if the future is we could use them for things other than video games... I'm down with that, but it just felt weird to me that in a lot of the tour sites I scrolled through, a VR tour was an option. I mean, mm-hmm. it just seems like at this point, maybe a waste of resources. Like how many people actually are able to experience that? Right. Sorry, that was jumping way ahead in our notes. But what do you think? Can visiting a space online really be compared to visiting it in real life? I mean, of course not, but visiting, this is moving on to our next question, like an art museum does really lend itself well to this medium Mm -hmm. because looking at a picture of an artwork on your computer isn't so much different than looking at it in person if you can't actually be there and learn reading about it on your computer gives you the same information that you would see on the little plaque that Mm -hmm. describes like when the art was made so I think to me I felt satisfied by the art museum tour so why do you think it is that zoo tours because I'm totally with you that like if the displays are static already like a virtual tour can be very satisfying Mm -hmm. but it seems like everybody is all about the zoo the zoo tours right now is it just a cute animal thing like right now we just want to see cute animals because the san diego zoo virtual tour has been on like every list Mm -hmm. of thing for a kid to do now that they can't go to school in person i haven't actually checked that one out but my son tony did look at it and he spent quite a bit of time noodling around on that website I mean, I guess just anything to soothe your soul in these trying times. And if it's cute Mm -hmm. animals, that's awesome. But it's obviously probably not going to be a live stream of jellyfish for me. That's not going to do it. No. This next question is funny. (laughs) Do institutions have to worry this will replace tourist traffic? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, when I wrote this, I was feeling optimistic and imagining that there might be some future in which tourists would be allowed back in these museums again. In 2022. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think there's anyone who's like now crossing the Met off their bucket list being like, been there, done that? I think this, I think it's, I mean, I think it's probably like a marketing thing originally. I mean, it just makes me really want to go to these places. Mm -hmm. So, no, I don't think it will be a replacement unless we're all confined to our homes for ever. (laughs) (laughs) So there's different formats. What do you think about one big interactive map that gives you freedom to roam? Or do you like a more streamlined tour with designated stopping points? Okay, so I feel like the two sites that I visited the Met being one and the International Space Station being the either represent the two ends of the spectrum really well because the Met kids map was just like, here's the entire Met. There are dots that you can hover over 
anywhere on the map on a range of subjects. You can hop from like ancient history to something that happened 10 years ago. Like you can do it all and you can do whatever you want versus the space station tour, which was obviously just static videos that someone else put together and you were just consuming. I think there that for me, a middle ground would be great just because I do like a more structured tour. I like to know what are the most important things I should be looking at. I would love to see like an overlay on the Met map that had different paths you could take. Like That would be cool. Like let's yeah. say like you wanted to experience the evolution of art in a certain way. You could yeah. click on the green path and it would kind of guide you through all those different dots. Or you could still experience it totally freewheeling. I would just like to have options for a little bit more structure. How about you? Mm -hmm. I liked the randomness of clicking on the dots whenever I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I also liked at the aquarium, like following the area arrows, because then it made me feel like I was going through the building, mm -hmm. sort of. Pictures, videos, text... Do they all work together? What did you think was most effective here for actually like learning about the artworks or the rooms of the space station? Right. So we should maybe say that the way the Met tour worked is that when you clicked on a dot, you would get a little bar of text. And then there were several different headings that you could experience. Like, let's see, it was Discover, which was like more in-depth text about the thing. Mm-hmm. And then it was watch, right? If they had video mm -hmm. or listen and then create. Was that it? Um, I'm just looking right now. I think that's right. Okay. So they tried their best to integrate all these different ways to consume. The thing that I, for me, was the least effective, and I can't speak, maybe children would like this a lot, were when they would have a video that was a short made by children inspired by whatever this artifact was. I found those to be really dull because they weren't, <laughs> they didn't apply at all to the artifact. And it was just like some kids having a rap battle with a mummy. I liked those. <laughs> <laughs> I watched one that was like, I was like these little puppets that were like in the painting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it was funny and super weird <laughs> maybe it's just a crapshoot and like it depends on which dots you click on maybe yeah. it was just like a ratio thing I clicked on too many dots with these specific kinds of videos and it, <laughs> it became frustrating to me um, I'm sure if I were a fifth grader I would think it was super cool to be able to make these little like animated videos about whatever artifact at the Met so in some senses I thought they'd didn't work well together but the other kind of video they had which were kit the other kind of video they had was kids asking questions about the specific kind of artifacts and then talking to a conservator or a registrar or someone else who works at the museum about how they did their work on pieces of this kind and I found those to be fascinating mm -hmm. yeah I liked that they didn't all have videos and they didn't all have audio because then it was like a variable reward system. Like you click and you don't know exactly what you're going to get, which is kind of a fun way to do it too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I really like the create things at the end that suggested a project 
to replicate the kind of art. Not that we did very many of them, but oof, we're all reaching for projects right now. So I will take them from wherever I can get them. Seriously. Like overall, were you overwhelmed or underwhelmed or whelmed? (laughs) (laughs) I was a little overwhelmed by the Met, but I feel like that in some ways really replicates just the experience of going to a museum in general. They have so much stuff. So it was true to life in that way. I was underwhelmed by the space station just because much like the San Diego Zoo, I feel like the space station tour had been included on a lot of lists for me. And then... Mm -hmm. I guess I was just disappointed in the lack of interactivity or it just felt, I guess, a little dated and slapdash. So I, if you combine the two, I was probably just whelmed. How about you? Yeah, I think probably when schools started to close, somebody found a list from like 2012 Mm -hmm. of all the tours that are available and just pasted them somewhere and then that list got copied and pasted elsewhere and maybe added to, but I'm not sure that the makers of those lists actually went to the websites. Right. And that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we've talked about how we got around in the places that we went to and did it feel natural to you? Was it meant to feel natural? I feel like in the aquarium one, it was very much supposed to make you feel like you were walking through the museum and getting a feel for the layout of the building. Mm-hmm. And it did feel but kind of natural, but there's, you know, just one place to go once you're in a big room with fish swimming all around you. Right. The Met map experience reminded me of being a little kid. And did you ever play with like I don't know, maps of places you had been, like maybe the map of a museum you had visited back at your house and you yeah. would pretend to be like following your way through the map and your bedroom would be like the, yes. I don't know, the monkey cage or whatever. <laughs> uh, it kind of reminded me of that. So it didn't feel natural, but it still felt fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So since we finished that book, I'm going to have my kids look at the Met Kids website because the Metropolitan Museum is in there heads right now Mm -hmm. and I think I'm just gonna say just have at it and then you know have it be like 40 minutes before dinner's ready or something and so Mm -hmm. there's an obvious end time and say this is what you can do on the computer right now I should say that the hashtag met kids videos are available on YouTube Ah. so the video content that comes along with some of these points on the map you can access without going to the map, which might be really useful to people who are trying to navigate it like I was. Oh my gosh, Deborah. I tried to do it on like the stripped down browser on our Xbox (laughs) because Kenny is in a really handsy place right now. And if he sees a computer or a tablet or anything like good luck because he's going to be grabbing it and pressing things and slamming the screen down and blah 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 so uh, the interface was not ideal on the tv screen with the xbox controller Mm. just looking at youtube would be a much easier way to consume videos (laughs) (laughs) all right should we move on to our evergreen questions sure were you able to compare it to any sort of grown-up online experience? 
The closest that I came to was, do you remember, is it the movie Hackers with Angelina Jolie? Mm -hmm. And how they have to make it look really exciting for people to be typing on their computers? (laughs) Because that's a good part of the movie plot. Uh It just made me think about that, how it's really not that exciting to be looking at your computer screen. It didn't really remind me of any of my own adult online experiences. How about actual tours of actual spaces? Uh, I suppose, I mean, it is like going to a museum and I'm always trying to force myself not to read the description. I'm, I try to challenge myself to like, look at the artwork for as long as I can before I read about it. Cause like my brain likes text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my instinct is to read about it first and then look at it. But like, it's challenging for me to like make my own impression of what I think in my brain before like a sign tells me what to think about it. I 100% agree with you there. One of my favorite things to do is to sample flights of wine or beer. And I love it when they give you like the tasting notes to go with it because I totally read those. And then I'm like, why, yes, I do taste hints of cherry and tobacco, but I would never come up with that in my own brain. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we talk about casting the gritty HBO reboot that does not super apply here. But is there something only for grownups that you'd like to be able to tour online during this time of coronavirus isolation? That's a tricky question, but one thing I thought of that is okay for a family-friendly podcast is a brewery tour. Get out of my brain. Oh, did you? There there are a lot of brewery tours. There are? Um, virtual brewery tours, yeah. I love it. Did you do any? I went to the Big Sky Brewery in Montana, and they have this really neat feature where you can, like, measure measure anything in the room that you're looking at so you can like measure the distance between like the kegs of fear <laughs> and it's just fun to click one sometimes. half of my brain is like why and the other half of my brain is like this is exactly what we need right now <laughs> <laughs> so that to me was actually a lot more fun and interactive than the aquarium tour I went on mm-hmm um, the only, the other thing I thought of was um, right now you can still like buy a house, but you can't go look at it in person. That's true. And so there are a lot of virtual open houses. And like, I love to go to an open house on a Sunday afternoon just for fun. Mm-hmm. So now I can do it from the comfort of my own home. Yeah, those are two really good picks. Uh, I'm with you on the brewery tour. That's exactly what I wanted to see. I also want thoughtful beer pairings for the individual spots in the tour. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really to up the interactive level of the tour, you know. (laughs) Also because we're all doing a lot more beer drinking now than we had been in the past. (laughs) Do you think it was better when we were kids? Do you remember being in high school and like doing quote-unquote virtual tours of art museums that were just like static jpegs that you would click on (laughs) and then in the school library computers and you would just wait for that jpeg to load with like two bars of text below it i don't remember that i'm just enough older than you that and i am from a 
just more rural place that we didn't have the kind of internet that you got to grow up with, Katie. I mean, <laughs> you know where I'm from. I love that you think know, that was like... <laughs> All right. Well, um, did you have any sort of virtual museum experiences when you were a kid? Um, I think the closest would be like reading art books. Yeah. About it in books or like sending, you could send away for brochures. Wow. That was like a thing (laughs) (laughs) that I did. (laughs) For school or just because you wanted to? I had this book that was like, how to get free stuff in the mail and you would just like send letters to places and they would send you back things and it was like not really useful stuff Uh but it was like brochures and maps and things like that did you ever send a letter to a celebrity and get a headshot back um i sent a letter to president george hw bush once Uh uh-huh did you get anything back photograph back yeah oh that's adorable (laughs) did you write to any celebrities I did not I mean much like I'm bad at Twitter because I'm scared to tweet at celebrities I was nervous that like my one letter would be the one that they thought was ridiculous and laughed at oh Katie I know I know all right so would you ever visit any of these sites alone voluntarily definitely I'll be back at the Met for sure. And I want to go through, I found a list from Good Housekeeping and magazine, and that's where I found the aquarium. I am really curious. I want to go through these and see which ones are actually good and which ones are like ISS from 2012. Yeah. Sorry, NASA. So I want to make my own list of just good ones. Yeah, listeners, if you have experienced any that you particularly loved or particularly hated, let us know. We'd love to be able to compile something. Yeah. Uh, Um, Ten seconds on whether this is good for our kids. I think we kind of covered it organically as we were going. Yeah, I think it's great. Our screen time rules are upended. I'm going to let Tony go to the brewery app. I think he'll get a kick out of um, the brewery tour, not app. I think he'll get a kick out of measuring stuff. I was also, I know this is so of the moment and it makes me feel so bad, but we've been baking a lot of bread. Mm -hmm. Can't get yeast anymore. Oh, shoot. So we were going to catch some wild yeast. So I've been like kind of talking to Jay about what yeast is and how it works. So maybe he'd like the brewery tour too. ratings this is tricky should we rate the individual tours we went on or the concept hmm let's do both what would you rate the met five yeah same it was great what would you rate the aquarium two yeah what would you rate the iss i don't know 1.5 you're giving the international space station a 1.5 the virtual tour i know i know it was pretty funny because like occasionally she would float by some russians and they were (laughs) not friendly to one another like you have to wonder what kind of spirit of cooperation exists because it's not like it it didn't seem like it was a planned out thing where like she would float past people and they would be like hi this is what i'm doing today like she would just float past grumpy people Um, okay, ratings for the concept. Concept, I'd give it a four and a half. 
Yeah, I would maybe even go four because it feels like it's hard to do right. I feel like we really hit the jackpot with the Met site, but I think if you did like a comprehensive survey, they would probably be more like your aquarium experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Scream Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our website at myscreentime2.com. You can still find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll sometimes find out what we're covering in our next episode. (laughs) (laughs) You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at at myscreentime2. Send us an email at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children, and our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Bye.